from those moments you're like, wait, the universe is just random and bad things can happen to good people? Kent, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's going to be really great. We're going to talk about Remix. We're going to talk a little bit about what you do on the team and some other things you work on as well. Many of our listeners will already be familiar with some of your work. You're a very prominent React educator, React developer, and general Twitter online personality. We usually don't do topical things on this show, but I think it's only been about a month now since you were in almost a life-ending car crash. You were T-boned, correct? The short story is I was at a four-way stop and I was going through the stop sign and a big Dodge Ram 2500, like a big truck, blew the stop sign at 80 miles an hour and hit my door, right on my door. I still can't believe that I didn't die from that. Everybody on the scene said I should have died, which hits me every couple days. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I almost found out what happens. <laughs> like, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So happy to be alive. Yeah, I have a, a vivid memory of exactly where I was when I read the news, because as I say, you know, a lot of people follow your work and seeing someone that you like kind of feel like, you know, a little bit through proxy through their work, having something like that happen. It's like from those moments you're like, wait, the universe is just random and bad things can happen to good people. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> but you yeah. you had such a good kind of attitude about it. you're tweeting from the hospital and kind of letting people know you were okay. And I thought that was awesome. And like you had such a, a positive disposition to this like really terrible, terrible thing that had happened. It's hard to complain when you should have died. Anything short of death is a blessing, I guess. I did break my collarbone. That has not been awesome, but I'm recovering fast. Faster than expected, but slower than I'd like. <laughs> yeah, I broke my two front teeth, so my teeth are fake now. I hurt my foot quite a bit, but other than that, I'm doing great, and I'm happy to have things to engage me so that I can not think about it all that much. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I had messaged you right after it happened saying, hey, if you need to reschedule the podcast, that's fine. You're like, nah, let's do it. So that's awesome. I need this. <laughs> yeah. I'm from the UK, and obviously we drive on the other side of the road. The first time I went to America, the most weirdest thing about American driving, I know there's a lot of it, is that you can turn left at a stop sign. Not turn left at a stop, turn left at a traffic light junction. You can turn right at a traffic light or left if it's a yield and a green. See, that's the thing. I'm using my UK logic because I'm thinking we're driving on the left side of the road. No, it's turn right. See, that's what I mean. It's crazy. And also, America needs to learn some roundabouts. They are really decent. <laughs> A roundabout probably would have prevented this accident for sure. So I'm just waiting for cars to drive themselves and then nobody has to worry about it. Exactly. And it's just a grid of fast moving, nonstop traffic in every direction. Yeah, well, and it doesn't even matter to me how fast it is because when you're not driving, you can do whatever else you want. I don't mind if it takes a while to get there because I'm already doing whatever I want. <laughs> The biggest thing to get onto now is really, what do you do? Obviously, you're a big personality, you do a lot, but what would you say is the number one thing you're doing day to day now? My number one priority is to help people have a good experience with Remix. So my official title is Director of Developer Experience. Before I joined Remix in November, I was a full-time educator teaching people how to build awesome React apps and stuff and teaching the foundational technology for a huge swath of web applications these days. I rebuilt my website in Remix 
I trusted Michael and Ryan and they'd showed me demos of what Remix could do and I was blown away. So I rebuilt uh, my site in Remix and I was blown away by the stuff that it enabled me to do that I'd never felt enabled to do before. I loved it so much. I was like, all I want to do is teach people Remix now. I don't want to update epicreact.dev or testing javascript.com. Like, I don't want to make a TypeScript course, which was the next thing I was planning on doing. I just want to teach people Remix all the time. So in coordinating with Michael and Ryan, talking about what my goals were and stuff, they said, hey, how about you just do that at Remix? And I said, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. I was really enthusiastic about Remix before I joined the company, decided all I wanted to do was teach people Remix. So I joined the company to do that. My responsibility is to help people be as successful and effective as possible at using Remix. Where that the rubber meets the road, like the actual work that I do, I have been doing a lot of organizing of Remix Conf, which is coming in May. So it's in person in Salt Lake City. I think I might be there. Sweet. Yeah, then I'll look forward to meeting you there. That'll be awesome. Spent a lot of time working on that, just getting people together to talk and innovate about Remix. I also spent a lot of time helping people organize local meetups about Remix. I should have checked before, but I think we've got nine meetups all over the world that people are organizing, putting together. I'm responsible for the docs. I'm also responsible for what our education story is going to be in the future. Just think of Epic React for Remix, that level of material for Remix that's completely free because Remix is sponsoring my time. That's my my company now. So <laughs> we don't make money by educating people. We make right now, we don't make money anyway. They're like there's no way <laughs> we certainly have plans and we're going to make this sustainable. But right now our, our objective is to get adoption. All of the educational material that I put together is going to be free. That's my primary day-to-day work to simply it's the meme where two founders sitting there going i can add another feature and it's like no you just need to market it more and teach people how to use it our big focus right now is adoption and we need to get people to try it because when they do they're blown away by what it enables them to do at least i was so i just need to help people see what i saw when i was on the outside looking in because it really is something special yeah, it's great to see your reactions to Remix coming out and you learning it because it reminded me very much of myself when I discovered Redwood. I thought Redwood was so cool. And I was like, this is what I want to write about. It's what I want to talk about. It's what I want to like go do. For me, I ended up getting hired at a different company and have had to kind of split my time. So I was never really able to like fully dive into it the way you gotten to do. It's been really great that they got such like a passionate educator to just go out there and just explain the framework to people. We'd love to get first just like a high level description of what Remix is. We've mentioned it tangentially on many episodes of the show going back all the way to like episode two, but we've never had a full episode just dedicated to Remix. So we would love to get the 101. What is it? What's it meant to do? What are some good use cases for it? All that kind of stuff. My one liner for what Remix is, is that uh, Remix enables me to build excellent user experiences and not feel ashamed of the code that I had to write to create those experiences. I've built apps that uh, have served millions of people all over the world. My personal website, which is the only sizable Remix app that I've built, serves around a half a million page views a month to a quarter of a million users in individual people each month. And it's like 26,000 lines of code that I've written. So it's not like a small thing. And I have never been so happy with the code that I had to write to make such an excellent user experience. And so that's what made me really fall in love with Remix. As far as like the low level or, or what it really is, it's a web framework focused on server rendering. Well, really it's focused on the best user experience. So you can server render a shell and then you can hydrate a React app if you want to, like that's totally possible. But because we're focused on the best user experience, that's not the best user experience. So that's not the way that people typically do it. We server render, we take advantage of HTTP caching where 
that makes sense. On my website, I can't really do that because every page is unique for every user. I keep track of the articles that you've read and I don't want to recommend an article you've already read. So every page is unique for every user. What's really cool though, is that I can have basically the, all the benefits of static site generation using HTTP caching. And then if I decide, hey, I want to have some dynamic stuff, I don't have to just do the loading spinner and client side fetching stuff. I can start server rendering and change my caching strategy without completely re-architecting my app. What we've found to be really effective is let's take the mental model of web 1.0 and progressively enhance it with JavaScript so that we can keep that mental model with web, I don't want to say web three, but like web 4.0, like the way that we're doing it now and into the future where you can use uh, JavaScript to progressively enhance things. So progressive enhancement is a big aspect of what Remix is all about. The application works at that, you know, least common denominator of web 1.0, and then we can make it even better as you layer JavaScript on top of it. Things like server-side generation and where just React is going with suspense can seem quite scary if you've not used to it or even researched it like you're just gonna start sending things down a pipe without me knowing when it's like done it's like not done done it's like uh, this is done that's done uh now it's all done it really seems like remix is like taking tomorrow's concepts where javascript's going and actually using them today you're referring to the suspense and react server components and and being able to to just send things as they load we have evaluated server components we don't currently use server components and there are a couple of frameworks who have already embraced that and are, are shipping something that the react team hasn't actually released yet <laughs> as part of their production offering yeah, we talked to the hydrogen team. That episode hasn't aired yet, but we get into that in that episode, which will air a couple before this one. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So we've actually talked with the hydrogen team. We're chatting with them about some of the challenges that they're facing and, and maybe seeing if there's a way Remix can help them with those. So in our evaluation of server components, we had a, a version of Remix that worked with server components just so we could evaluate it. And it was not great. The server components have a really long way to go. The React team has said as much. Personally, I'm not speaking for Remix now. I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not super confident that server components will ship in their current form because the uh, user experience is not a great one. We'll see what ends up happening with that. Remix can absolutely pivot and make a non-breaking change to support server components as they are today. You literally just change your file name to add a .server in it and boom, all of a sudden it's a server component. We have a blog post that compares the current demos of server components with what you can get with Remix and React v17, the officially released React. And ours is a much better user experience. The way that we think about these problems is a lot of people like to talk about the technical benefits of things like they say oh well let's do partial hydration because loading less javascript is good and let's do streaming because starting sending that response early is good and yes technically those things are good but why don't you build something with it and compare what you have with this cool new technique with what you can do with what we've got with remix and when we do that we find that potentially something like partial hydration could be a little bit better but there are other trade-offs beyond just like the time that it takes to load. So now all of a sudden, something like Quick, I'm good friends with Mishko. I'm really excited about what Quick is doing. But as we've built things and some of the demos and things, we're like, oh, snap. Now you have the app really fast and ready and interactive.
interactive from the very get-go, but as the user's interacting with the app, they have to load all of that JavaScript as they're using it. So they click on that button and the first time they click on it, they don't get any sort of response because the JavaScript's not loaded for it yet. You have to think about the user experience from a holistic point of view. That's what we're really focused on at Remix is let's take these demos, let's actually build them and compare that holistic user experience. And I think Remix is really well positioned to take advantage of these really cool new things without totally buying into them before they're ready for excellent user experiences. I think one of the perfect examples here of building something and comparing it is actually the Next.js Khmer's repository. I've actually used that and I actually have a website in production that uses that as the base. And this was really interesting because it moved from a website that was on Gatsby. So we built the original version on Gatsby. And the biggest problem with that was that it was Gatsby 2. It started racking up more and more pages to the point every single compiler, you know, no matter if it was Netlify or Versa, it would just crash because it's like 20 minutes of crying. This was in a point where it was like, what are we trying to fix here? What are we trying to solve? We want it all to be static, you know, fast as possible, SEO, blah, blah, blah. We all like that about Gatsby. But then actually rebuilding the whole website for one product is awful. So you go, okay, Next.js has ISSG. And then Next.js brought out the commerce thing that wrapped all the e-commerce providers. And you're like, great, this is perfect. So they went down, changed it to Next.js. And there's still problems. It's not fun. And now the problems are in a different form where now the products update every 60 seconds. Great. But now every single API provider is like, why are you sending me 200 million requests a day when before you're sending me 100? Because everything's now changed. So there's so many nuances to all of these technologies. And I think the biggest thing to look at is we're seeing categories being defined without realizing it. We have Astro, Next.js, Leventy, Redwood. But we used to say these are all Jamstack, but now I think they're not. Jamstack is a very weird term. Well, Remix specifically would not call themselves Jamstack because Ryan Florence has a bit of a bone to pick with the Jamstack. It's not just Ryan, it's Michael and me. Yeah, we are very bearish on Jamstack. <laughs> this was where I was going. We used to just think, oh, JavaScript framework meant Jam, but it doesn't. Jam is not really a thing in that way anymore. And I think the biggest categories that we're going to see form is actually the technologies of how things are rendered, like partially, just fully generated to HTML and server-side rendering. And I think server-side rendering as that's it is a really interesting category where Remix has showed that first it came up and everyone's like, this is crazy. And now, as you said, you give it a go and now you're like, why would we go back to what we was doing before? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that like you can have all those same benefits of SSG with SSR because of HTTP caching and shared CDN caches. The difference is when does the build run? I had the exact same experience as you with Gatsby with my old website where if I needed to fix a typo on a blog post, I had to rebuild the whole thing. And because of the number of blog posts and images that I had, I would time out on Netlify as well. The Netlify folks helped me put together like a cache that lived on you know some Google Cloud thing. And so I would like run the build, it would fill up half of the cache, and then I'd have to run it again, fill up the other half, and then run it again to actually deploy. It was it was a nightmare. If it was cached, I could deploy it in 10 minutes. But if it wasn't, then I had to like manually rerun the build. So it was a nightmare. ISR was created as a band-aid for the cut that we gave ourselves. As cool as that is, ISR is a solution for a problem we invented. And it'd be cooler if you didn't have that problem in the first place. Actually, the other problem with ISR is that it's not an end-all be-all solution, because what if the change that I'm making actually does impact 
connect every page. Well, now I'm just back to <laughs> that same problem again. Like I have a footer change or whatever. You can't escape that problem. But the thing is like we get so hung up on these technical explanations of like, this is technically better. I know that Flutter has made Dart a lot more exciting for a lot of people, but I remember back in the, the early days of Dart where they were saying, it's technically better. Let's build it into the browser. Like it's so much better on all these levels. Just because something's technically better or you can describe something as being technically better doesn't make it better, especially with something like a programming language. The developer experience has a lot to do with the success of that programming language. And with a web framework, the user experience is everything. Developer experience is an input into the user experience. So it matters, but it matters insofar as it serves the user experience. Because like, if you don't care about the user experience, then what are you even doing? <laughs> what are you building? That's why we're just so fiercely focused on the user experience. And, and if there's something that we can do to make the user experience better, then that's great. We'll investigate it, provided it doesn't completely destroy the developer experience, which will impact the user experience as well. If you want to make the developer experience better, as long as it doesn't make the user experience worse, then we'll investigate that too. I've just found that the best way to evaluate these things is to actually build it. And Ryan and several others within the Remix team, that's what we've been doing. That's why we took that e-commerce demo from Next.js and we rebuilt it in Remix. We, we actually, we migrated it to Remix, changing as little as possible. And then we rebuilt it in Remix. So we had the three different versions, the next version, the migrated version, and the completely rebuilt one. In every user experience metric we could come up with, Remix came out on top in both the migrated and it was even better for the completely rewritten version. And that's that big blog post. If people aren't familiar, you can go to the Remix blog and we have a really deep dive article comparing those and how Remix really came out on top on all of those. Yeah, we've been just doing a lot of that sort of thing, just demonstrating rather than talking about the technical benefits of the approach that Remix takes. We like to just show you so you can experience that improved user experience for yourself. When is the tipping point with a framework? As in, whenever you have to build something, you go, what shall I use? And you're like, you're pulling your options up. And then, then sometimes some people would make a small example, you know, test it. But sometimes most people that I know will just jump into one. They'll go, I've looked at all the documentation and this one's best. And then they get down the road and it's like, yeah, this is painful no matter what. And when you say about we've gave ourselves these cuts, we have. It seems like we've made the wheel of JavaScript. <laughs> we've gone from 1.0 to everything being static side generated and rehydrated to now. Now everything just comes back from the server. I think with that is how do you host a remix app and how is it different to something like Astro? I want to actually touch on the we're coming around full circle to web 1.0. Things are a lot different this time around because now our server is running the same language that our browser code is running. There are a lot of benefits to that. In particular, the way that Remix works, your server code lives in the same file as your client server code. So most of the code that you write will run both in the client as well as on the server. That's what server rendering is. We have a bunch of code that only runs on the server. The really differentiating part of Remix is that whereas lots of other frameworks were on one side of the network chasm or the other, so you're on the client or you're on the server, and you just like shoot a grappling hook to the other side of the network chasm, you might call it a full stack framework or, or just your front end to your back end or something. Remix, instead of these grappling hooks, we, we built a, a really solid bridge across that network chasm. And so it really doesn't even feel like that network chasm is there. That's one of those things that you need to start building 
to really appreciate. It blows my mind every time I think about it. Like state management is one of the big challenges of UIs. When you have that solid bridge across the network chasm, all of a sudden your Redux store, your global application state management store is the database. You don't have to think about managing some sort of global store. And that just drastically simplifies things for the developer and it drastically reduces bugs because the more code you write, the more bugs <laughs> have opportunity to slip into that. Anyway, as far as like how it, it differs from other frameworks, that's, that's probably the primary thing. It's ability to cross that network, both going from the server to the client, which a lot of frameworks do pretty well. Gatsby has its GraphQL stuff. Next has its get server-side props or whatever there as well, but also getting the other direction across the network chasm from the client to the server where Remix really nails that so that you don't have to think about once you make a mutation, now all of a sudden you have to think about updating all of your client side state and everything. With Remix, you don't think about that because the default with Web 1.0 was you make a mutation, you use a form, that's a post request, you're getting a full page refresh and the server sends back some new HTML for you. And that new HTML has all the latest data. So you're basically refreshing the entire page every single time. That's exactly the, the model for it and Remix decided, hey, let's keep that model. Now you don't have to think about keeping things up to date. And what you can do is if too much data is being loaded, you can opt out of specific things like, ah, we don't need to reload this particular thing except in these special cases. So we'll, we'll opt out of those. But the default is correct. And I think that is really profound. Whereas for a long time, what we've been doing is our default is don't reload anything. Now our default is let's reload everything and we can optimize our way out of reloading stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be reloaded. So the default is correct and just maybe less optimal versus the default is wrong and we have to add bugs to our app to make it <laughs> make it right. We don't do that on purpose. It just happens naturally. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the question of full stack and the term full stack because that's the one of the main through lines of this podcast itself. What does it mean for a framework to be full stack or a project to be full stack? And I've gone on this rant many times that I do not think of Next.js as a full stack framework. I think of it as most of the stack, but it kind of leaves you hanging at the database level. And then I would consider things like Redwood and Blitz to be full stacks to give you like an ORM. Now, what's interesting about Remix is you seem to be, I don't want to say like waffling, but you're kind of in the middle there where you have docs for how to use Prisma and you give good conventions for it, but you don't really build it into the framework the way that, say, Redwood does. So I'd be curious, do you think that there will ever be an ORM built into Remix or is that something that you're always going to want to leave up to the developer to decide and just say, if you do want to do this, we're going to make it as easy as possible? Yeah, that's a great question. We like to refer to ourselves as center stack, that bridge across the network chasm that we really kind of differentiate ourselves in that way. And the cool thing about that is that's that's the hardest part of any framework or building a web app is how do I manage this network? There are so many challenges to that. Like how do you handle when the user resubmits a form or when they click on this button like 30 times? How do you manage that? We have really nailed that. And the cool thing there is once you nail that foundational piece, then you can start eating both sides of the network chasm. We're already pretty well on the client side. There are opportunities to make components that are network intelligent. Imagine a, an autocomplete component where you provide it the URL for the resource route that serves up the data. And so now all of a sudden you have a component that understands the communication layer between what's happening on the client and what's happening on the server. So a really, really nice developer experience for that sort of thing. And it has all the benefits of the network bridge that Remix has built.
And then on the other side of the network chasm is the server. And we absolutely will slowly eat up that side of the network as well. Really, our priorities or our goals are we want to help developers build the best user experience possible. And if there's something that we can do to make that happen, then we're absolutely going to investigate doing that. For right now, Prisma is just amazing. If we had to do something today and say, hey, we're going to give you an ORM that's like built in or saying we just build in Prisma because it's fantastic. The reality is, though, that if we did that and we just said, hey, all of these things are built in. Well, now Remix is great for greenfield projects, but most projects that people work on are not greenfield. We want to meet people where they're coming from. That's why we didn't prioritize making Remix a great greenfield project thing. We've got 8 million apps that are using React Router, and Remix is really just a compiler for React Router and a server runtime. We were really targeting people who are already using React Router, and they, they need need to make a fetch request to their backend, or they need to connect to some other database, or they've got their microservices or whatever they're doing. And Remix is really well suited for people who are already using React Router to migrate. And that's what we're really focused on for the next couple months is figuring out like the various migration strategies. Well, a lot of people are comparing Remix to Next.js, and we had to respond to that. And so that's why we wrote that blog post, because the, literally everybody would like every single live stream I did, somebody was always asking about <laughs> Next.js. So we have the blog post and now like go read the blog post. Now I want to talk to you about how we can get these 8 million React Router websites. Like 7 out of 10 React sites use React Router. So much of the web of web applications are using React. So like an enormous number of websites are using React Router and are really well situated to migrate to Remix. And so that's what our primary goal is. So as far as like being a full stack framework, I see a future where we eat up more of the back end, whether those be integrated directly into Remix or like extra services or something that remains to be seen. I think what really makes Remix special is that it's nailed that center stack. Something I wanted to touch on with the center stack is I see bridges happening right now that kind of avoid the center stack. You know, things like React Query, things like TRPC, just to name two. Does Remix totally say you don't need any of them, even though they're great solutions to a problem? Does Remix not need something like that because it is the center stack? Well, I want to be careful with TRPC because I've run into some of those maintainers and they were not happy with me. So I'll just say I don't know that library very well at all. React Query, I'm actually personal friends with the maintainer, we go out to lunch and stuff. Well, I think he's not really the maintainer these days. Of course, I am friends with the actual current maintainer as well. But um, <laughs> Tanner Lindsley uh, lives close by to me and we, we hang out. I loved React Query when it came out. I was all over it. It's part of Epic React. If you are doing a client side rendered app with React and you're not using React Query, then I strongly advise you take a look because it is fantastic. It has a number of challenges that it needs to face because it is not your bundler, it's not your router. And so you have to wire things together. And that wiring is not always color coded, if you know what I mean. So it's not always obvious what the optimal thing to do is. In a Remix world, you do not think about managing that server client interaction at all. And with React Query, you do, you have to think about, okay, so now I've got to have some backend I need to hit that could be a third party API, or it could be 
my own server that I'm writing, but that's like separate code that you have to go write and maintain somewhere else. And if you need to make a change on the front end, now you have to go to that other repo, or maybe you're in a mono repo, lucky you, you've got to go to that other file wherever it is. Whereas Remix is just like, hey, we are taking care of all this for you. Here's the code for the back end, and here's the code for getting that. And you don't have to worry about any of it. And you can opt into showing loading spinners if you want to or need to, but you don't necessarily have to for primary page transitions and things. Yeah, Remix manages all of that for you. And so the other thing is Remix is built with the platform in mind in a way that a lot of frameworks are not. Just as an example, there are a lot of things that I'm thinking about when I say that. Um, like one example is the request response objects that you're interacting with are all web fetch request responses, not some sort of like special abstraction around it. That's the one thing that Remix does a lot is rather than abstracting around web platform APIs, we take a step back and we expose web platform APIs for you. Another example is when you are, the user is navigating around the page and they go to click on something, we can prefetch everything for you because we're your bundler and your compiler. And so we know exactly the CSS and the JavaScript and the data that you're going to need when the user gets over there and we start prefetching it. And the way that we do that is with link prefetch tags so that we're just using the platform. So there's not a whole lot of custom code that we've written to be able to do that prefetching. When you are not the bundler and the and the router, it's a lot more tricky. Like React Query could not do that. You as the user have to say, okay, go prefetch this. But also because it's not the web platform, you're also kind of stuck because you're prefetching that and loading that data, just the data, not the CSS and JavaScript, just the data portion into a in-memory cache that's managed by React Query. So what happens if the user hovers over the link and they're like, I'm going to go here and you prefetch it. And then they say, never mind, I'm going to close the browser. Or they hit the wrong button or something. So they open up the browser again. That prefetch cache is totally gone because it was in memory and you closed it or you refreshed the browser or whatever. If you're using the platform, then that prefetch cache is living in the browser's prefetch cache, which is is not in memory. All of that prefetching that you did, all that work is, is still available and there. And on top of that, if you're managing that in your own in-memory cache, now you have to start thinking about, well, what happens on a lower end device that has less memory? Well, now we got to start thinking about garbage collection and everything. Browser's already done all of that. So if you just use the platform, then you don't have those sorts of problems that you have to start thinking about either. I often tell people like they'll say, hey, I really like Redux or I really like React Query and I'm using that now. Can I use that with Remix? And the answer is, of course you can. Yes, you absolutely can. I used to just say, you don't need it. And people would get confused by that. So now I just say, yes, you can. And I watch them as they bring all of that stuff and then they realize they don't need it themselves <laughs> and they get rid of it. And they're like, ah, oh, you're right. I don't need this. Yeah, we don't need tools like that. Remix manages that for people. I did want to go back to what we spoke about just before this. You were saying that there's, I forgot the numbers. I'm terrible at it. So many React apps out there that use React route. Does this mean that none of them are actually using things like modern frameworks like we see them like Next.js that they're more the classics of create a React app and then do you see Remix as a create a React app replacement? Yeah, great question. Yes, that is the case. Twitter would have you believe that everybody's using Next.js. NPM stats tell a different story, a very different story. Actually, like Twitter would have you believe a lot of frameworks are, are really popular, but NPM download stats are not reliable. We all know this. But uh, one thing that is pretty reliable is um, DevTools installs. 
I don't build uh, apps with Svelte, so I don't have the Svelte dev tools installed in my browser. I think that makes sense. Folks who are using the dev tools are probably developing with those frameworks. So that's the best metric that I can think of. And if you look at those metrics, the last I checked, React was almost three times as widely used as all other frameworks combined. And two years ago, it was only two times. So it's actually increasing. It's huge. React and React Router are an enormous part of building modern web applications today. As far as like being a Create React app replacement or a custom Webpack replacement, yes, that's exactly what we are trying to say. We're happy to be a, a Next.js replacement too if people want to uh, switch over from Next to Remix, but that is totally not our target. We're targeting people who are doing their own version of server rendering with Re React Router or Reach Router as well. Reach Router is like a sort of a fork off of React Router. And that's Gatsby is probably the main user of, of Reach Router. The biggest challenge for people migrating from client rendering is figuring out how to host a server. But most of those people who are doing that are at companies that are already hosting servers because you got to have a back end unless your your app is 100% client side. Like 100% client side, no back end. There, there aren't many apps like that. Most companies have a way to run a server and that's what we're just trying to help people figure out. Yeah, you say this is a good segue to what I wanted to touch on a little bit before we close out, which is seems like along with having this web fetch API and leaning into the platform, you also are setting yourself up pretty well for this like new school edge thing that like Cloudflare workers and platforms like that are doing. But at the same time, you have run your own blog on fly with Docker containers. And I'd be curious if you were evaluating one or the other or how you think about when to use a persistent server versus leaning more heavily into these more edge native type solutions. Yeah. So when I was building my site, one of the big important things for me was I wanted to make my site fast all over the world, no matter where you were. I started with Firebase for my authentication. And I was like, oh, shoot, like if I'm using Firebase for auth, they have to go wherever, you know, whatever region I've chosen for Firebase. That's no good. And I was also going to do the same for my data. Well, it doesn't matter if I deploy everywhere in the world, if my data happens to be, I mean, it does help, but it, it's limited on its ability to help with the performance of my app. I started evaluating solutions for doing authentication and data storage, as well as deploying my app to multiple regions throughout the world. At the time, Cloudflare Workers was the big name in that. And I heard about Fly.io, which also has multiple regions all over the world. The difference there is Cloudflare Workers is a somewhat constrained environment for JavaScript, whereas Fly is like a full Docker container. They deploy it all over the place and they'll call your Docker container you know, with whatever HTTP traffic comes in. I evaluated Cloudflare Workers a lot. The biggest challenge that I ran into is I actually use ESBuild at runtime to compile my MDX blog posts. And then I also use FFmpeg at runtime to generate podcast episodes for the Call Kent podcast, where people can like record themselves in the browser, they save that recording to my database, and then I record my response, and then we stick those together with FFmpeg. There is an FFmpeg WASM, there's an ESBuild WASM, which can run on Cloud4 Workers, but it wasn't quite suited because Cloud4 Workers is really supposed to just be a really fast response sort of thing. And I, I probably could have made it work, maybe have another long running server that's managing that portion and the rest of my site is on Cloudflare Workers or something. And some people have actually done just that. But I, I went with Fly and I'm really happy with that particular solution. I also like can do a long running database connection with my Postgres database. And Fly also has a read replicas automatically for Postgres. So I've got a Postgres cluster that has all of my regions are supported there. They do the same thing with Redis. And so I've got a Redis cache because I don't want to compile my blog post every time somebody goes to that blog post. So I just put it in the Redis cache. And now my blog is served to people in like 250 milliseconds or less. 
pass wherever they are in the world. And that's like hitting the server and coming back. No CDN HTTP cache going on, which is fast enough for the for folks. And I have done like the webpagetest.org on my website all over the world and compared it to amazon.com because I figure if I can be as fast as amazon.com, then like I'm probably okay. And uh, mine's faster. So <laughs> I'm probably not doing as much, but they have a lot more engineering budget than I do <laughs> for my personal site. I think that if people want to go with edge computing, Remix was built with that in mind. That was like a really important aspect of what Remix was doing. That's that's a big reason why Remix went with the web platform APIs for request response headers, URL search params, all of that stuff, because we were targeting Cloudflare workers in particular. Because of that, we'll be able to target service worker in the future. And so you can have a completely offline app with Remix where Remix is just running in the service worker, which would be really interesting future. And then on top of that, we have a, some experimental support for Dino as well by not being super tightly coupled to Node in particular, wherever you want to deploy your JavaScript backend, you can use Remix for that. I also heard some very brief rumblings that it could potentially one day be possible to use Remix without React. First of all, it's really cool that we can do all the server rendering. We can send a response. In some cases, like we've had Cloudflare workers respond with a cache miss in 20 milliseconds rendering a, a Remix app. We've had the same thing with Dino actually on fly. So you put Dino in a Docker container, put it on fly, 20 milliseconds response time. When you get that fast, it's like, okay, <laughs> what are we even doing here? It's hard to optimize that even further. Of course, like those are pretty simple apps and everything. You add like layers of caching for any data that you need or whatever. But anything sub second, or sub 100 milliseconds is pretty dang fast. So I wanted to establish that like we can get the HTML on the page really fast and then the JavaScript follows along. And because we support all web 1.0 stuff, the JavaScript doesn't have to be there for the app to be functional. And when you get into that world, then the amount of JavaScript you send still matters, but it matters a lot less because like the user can actually start using the app while the JavaScript is loading. But it does still matter. Like we don't want to just send them megabytes of JavaScript. So supporting Preact is our main driver for that. We want to be able to support React as well as Preact. And then when we have that done, basically what that's going to amount to is, is we need to have a router that's just the Remix router. We use React router right now. We're going to have a framework agnostic router and then just have a React adapter for that. And then we'll have a Preact adapter for that. And that's as far as we're going to go, I think, unless we can see something that's like just an obvious choice for us to, to support. But once you we have those, then it should be pretty straightforward. My guess is those are going to be a couple hundred lines of adapter code. So once we have those as an example, then yeah, Sure, bring along your Angular, bring along your Vue, bring along your Svelte, whatever, and it should be able to just hook in with those. So it's not really like a huge priority for us because like I said, React is way more popular than Twitter would have you believe. I don't know, like, I think it's pretty interesting that we'll be able to support other frameworks in the future. But yeah, not a huge priority for us right now. I thought it was really interesting that when I read through the homepage and started reading through the documentation, it kind of hides the fact that it's a React framework. It said it once on a, the homepage outside of a testimonial, I think, that it's React. And also, you don't import from React, do you, for things like use effect. You import through Remix. When we talk about like these abstractions, is it that thing of not we know best to develop our, but we should just trust that, yes, while React is amazing, whatever Remix is importing is going to be the best that it can be? 
there are a lot of things that you import from Remix, like everything from the router. We re-export everything from the router, and sometimes in some cases we wrap those. You do not import uh, use effect from Remix, though. That will come from React, as well as like use state and everything. So we don't necessarily hide the fact that we're using React. And if we do end up supporting other frameworks, you're going to import things from those frameworks. But we really don't like being classified as a React framework. We are a web framework because so much of what we do has nothing to do with React. Like 80% of Remix is completely framework agnostic and the, the 20% is just the router, which we're going to make framework agnostic as well. While again, our target is React router users, we don't want to be completely tied to React because so much of what Remix is has nothing to do with React. I think that's a really interesting philosophy on the whole framework. It's not necessarily following the path that Next.js is following. You know, Next.js is, if you believe what Twitter says, Next.js is the Goliath that murdered Gatsby. And now, you know, it's waiting for the next thing to try and murder it, but it's still sitting on top of the food chain. But, you know, in all essences that, you know, most companies, most products, they never even move away from create a React app. It is just what they use. Just a quick one-off question, I think, with Remix is, what is the goal? As in, what's the star shot moment? Is it that Remix is standalone? Everyone has stopped comparing it to Next.js and it's just standalone? Or is it that, you know, it's just the best that it can be? <laughs> the end game for Remix is that the web is better than it was when we started. Ryan, Michael, and I will often say that we're just sick and tired of using our kids' schools' websites because they're so bad. <laughs> so we want to make the web better. For Ryan and Michael, it's especially potent because they will be using these sites and they're like, man, what garbage is this? Like, it's so bad. And then they'll pull up the dev tools and see that they're using React Router and they're like, I did this. <laughs> they just want to make it so that people can build web apps with their software and the web apps that they build are by default really great. That's our goal is to get all these people that are using Ryan and Michael's software already and have them upgrade to Remix. Really, like Remix could be called React Router V7. It really is so much just an upgrade of React Router. The goal there is to take all the React Router users, upgrade them to Remix, and then demonstrate for other folks that are building for the web that Remix is a really awesome way, both from a user experience standpoint, but also a developer experience standpoint to build modern web apps. The end goal there is, is to get people to build better websites, sometimes with Remix. And eventually, like Remix, we expect to eat up more of what it takes to build a web app. I can see a lot of success from just taking Cray React app, slowly converting them to the new happy path of Remix, and then literally going, so this next big feature update, no matter what it is, has added this without you needing to do anything. And you go, oh my God, that's that's so cool. You know, that that's like slow transition because at the end of the day, rebuilding something in a different framework is detrimental. You know, no business person would say, yeah, we should spend $100,000 on converting it from Gatsby to next year. So that's a, that is perfect. Thank you for requesting that. You know, that just doesn't happen in the modern world. Yeah, absolutely. There are some cases where that's absolutely necessary, like the case you described where we are getting more and more products. That's more and more pages. We can't be doing this, uh, you know, with Gatsby. So like it sometimes becomes a existential crisis moment where you're like, oh, shoot, we've got to make this pivot. We made a mistake in our choice. And we are absolutely happy to be there for those folks. But again, it's it's mostly we're focused on people who are using React Router. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kent, for being here. It's been a really great conversation. We are happy you're still here and alive with us all. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet and where they can find Remix? 
I am at Kenzie Dodds pretty much most everywhere. You can find everything at KenzieDodds.com. And Remix is remix.run. Scroll down to the bottom, you'll find a link to our Discord and Twitter and YouTube and all of that stuff there. There is a really great getting started guide. We actually have two tutorials, one that's like a learn most of Remix in, or like most of the concepts of Remix in like a half hour. And the other one's like really in depth, like let's build our own authentication and let's create our own database and all of this stuff with a, an optimistic UI and everything. We build an app together. So if people want to learn Remix, then we've got some really good things for you and a lot of really awesome things coming. Definitely come to RemixConf in May. I uh, would love to see you in person in Salt Lake and definitely join our Discord as well. We have a really awesome community there. We'd love to see folks there. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm.